Welcome to Gold with Jeanette Schneider, nuggets of inspiration for a bigger, badder, more purposeful life. Each week we share wisdom, insights, and gold from those living their very best lives. After 23 years in finance and a fancy SVP title, I left corporate America to advocate for women and girls in life, love, the boardroom, and the marketplace. Now the CEO of my own media company, my goal is to change the world for my daughter and her friends. My first book, Lore, Harnessing Your Past to Create Your Future, dropped late 2018 and is based on what women wish they would have known when they were girls. This is purposeful content, big conversations, and a safe place for us to share our goals and our dreams for the future. We record every week from the sound studio at The Space LV. Dr. Christine Schaffner is an advocate for health and wellness from a natural perspective. She digs deep where conventional medicine might fall short or tell you it's all in your head, and she believes in getting to the root cause of why people are sick. Her desire now is to expand the conversation of health and wellness to include biophysics and accelerated healing, which has led her to create the Body Electric Summit, Energy, Frequency, and Vibrational Healing. Dr. Christine Schaffner is a board-certified naturopathic physician who graduated from Bastyr University in Seattle, Washington. Prior to Bastyr, she completed her undergraduate studies in pre-medicine and psychology at the University of Virginia in Charlottesville. Dr. Schaffner is passionate about practicing medicine and creating healing spaces. She is the clinical director of Sophia Health Institute, the clinic she co-created with her mentor, Dr. Dietrich Klinhart. She actively sees patients at Sophia Health Institute and through practices at Marin Naturopathic Medicine in California, as well as Bella Fiore Organic Med Spa and Clinic in Seattle, Washington. With her diverse skill set, Dr. Schaffner seeks to improve access, outcomes, and speed of recovery for patients struggling with chronic illness wherever they may be. Today, Dr. Schaffner and I discuss the importance of being your own health advocate, the link chronic illness and autoimmune disorders may have to GMO and pesticides in our food supply, and to stress in our lives. She also shares with us the vital connection a healthy immune system has to a healthy functioning gut. Let's dig in. I'm so excited to introduce uh, Christine, Dr. Christine Schaffner. Thank you so much for being on my show today. Oh, I'm so excited to have this conversation to get to know you, so thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. I was just sharing with you prior to getting started that I am fascinated right now with with health, and I have been binge-watching Netflix Diagnosis. <laughs> um, I, I am realizing, especially because of doing this podcast, how um, many people suffer from chronic illness and autoimmune disorders and I came across your platform and I was really struck by the way you're approaching um, health and wellness because I think as a community we're starting to wake up that going to the doctor and just getting a prescription is no longer the healthy alternative. While it works for some, many times um, there's additional fallout or things that we're not being made aware of. And I would love to kind of ask you a little bit about your path to this platform that you have now and what it is that, that got you started um, advocating for, for health and wellness from a natural perspective. Well, thank you. No, and I think this is just such an important conversation to have because many people are struggling out there. And, you know, in conventional medicine, we don't have the paradigm to really look at these chronic illnesses. And so it leaves people suffering for way too long and, you know, really confused. And they often feel misunderstood and not heard and, you know, kind of written off, you know, by the conventional medicine community as well as their peers and their family can sometimes think, you know, oh, is this all in their head? And so I just feel there's an important 
important, you know, dialogue and language that needs to continue uh, to be put out there so people really have this context and this framework to understand why they might be sick. And so my journey, you know, I um, I grew up with a family of medicine. My father's a doctor. My mom's a, in nursing. I um, was always drawn to kind of the healing arts and just this kind of deeper conversation of like, why are we here? And, you mm. know, in, in high school, I, you know, read all those, you know, interesting books and going to the bookstore and the, you know, spiritual and personal development, you know, um, part of the bookstore. And then, you know, I learned about Bastyr through a mutual uh, family friend um, who was actually going through cancer and kind of really found um, a naturopath to be a really per- important part of her team. And I, I really didn't know that field existed and it was really, um, you know, it really hit home that, that that was something that I really wanted to explore. And so naturopathic medicine, you know, we're all trained to really look at the root cause of why people are sick. And so it's not that our bodies are, you know, these um, random um, symptoms are happening or we just happen to get a diagnosis because of a genetic um, predisposition, but it's it's quite, you know, um, complex and it's quite multifactorial. And there's always a reason why if we just, um, you know, look at this detective work like you're, you know, liking on the, um, you know, the Netflix mm-hmm. show. And so um, when I graduated in 2010, I um, really, you know, fell into a position that I feel really blessed and fortunate um, that I started working with my mentor, Dr. Dietrich Klinghardt, and he's been practicing medicine for about 45 years. You know, he um, splits his time between Europe and the U.S., so he has this kind of bigger perspective, and he brings with him not only the conventional medical framework, but also this idea of German biological medicine and, um, you know, the, this other aspect of looking at the body. So from kind of day one of practicing medicine, I was able to really see these really complex patients who have tried a lot of things. They've seen a lot of doctors. I think on average, you know, patients have seen 20 to 30 doctors before coming to see CS. I was some someone's 54th doctor, if wow. you can believe it. And so, you know, so we're, we're not just, um, you know, people come to us not just to take them off of gluten and put them on an anti-inflammatory diet. You know, they're, they're, they're already, you know, searching and try these things and they're looking at this other, you know, these other aspects that we look at um, and, you know, really to come up with a root cause of why they're sick. And so I'm happy to dive into what we look at in the office, but, you know, it's just, um, you know, I, I didn't really seek out to really serve this patient population, but it was the patient population I started serving from, you know, really graduating um, last year. And, you know, I, I wouldn't have it any other way. I feel um, you know, I just have so much, um, you know, admiration and respect for my patients. Um, they are some of the strongest people that I've ever encountered and their determination to get well, um, in spite of a lot of odds and obstacles, um, you know, just keeps me inspired. And I, I believe this conversation as we dive into it, um, learning about why people are sick and what the causes are, it, it kind of has this deeper, it, it throws us into this deeper, um, conversation about, this interconnectedness about our health and our bodies and the planet and, you know, how we really have to turn the course in order to, you know, have the future that we all want for our children. Well, and it's it's so interesting because a couple of things I have heard so many people say or have doctors tell them it's all in your head. 
right? Because mm-hmm. they can't seem to figure out what's wrong with them. And you know you don't feel well. You know something's going on, but you don't exactly know what it is. And a lot of folks have learned that they have to be their own advocate and they have to ask for certain tests and they have to – and a lot of people are moving to the, the concierge type of doctors or, or naturopaths because they're so frustrated that they don't feel like they have someone who's kind of like holding their hand saying, okay, let's try to get down to the nitty-gritty of it. And I've had several friends who had um, – one specifically, she had some type of strain of bacteria that was making her – so incredibly ill that she was almost bedridden for two years and it took so many doctors to finally figure out what was going wrong with or going on with her before she made a full recovery and I personally especially as a mother I worry about chemicals in our foods and pesticides especially as you see like girls starting to develop younger and that you can tell that uh, some of the the stomach issues that we have are related to the foods that we're consuming and stress is creating issues with autoimmune disorders later on in life and I would love to kind of dig into some of those like especially around food you know people are starting to realize we have to kind of really pay attention to where not only our food is is we're buying it from but where it's being sourced from how it's being made or created and also kind of learning how you feel based on what you're eating what do you see and what do you kind of recommend that people uh, educate themselves on when it comes to pesticides and GMO and being an advocate for themselves because sometimes I don't think that they realize that if we paid attention to what's on our plate we actually might be helping ourselves 20-30 years down the line. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's so foundational, right? We all have to eat. And, you know, really in America, um, it's hard to be healthy. You know, we have a society that doesn't over-educate us about the choices that we need to make, and they actually kind of deter you and lead you in the other way. You know, it's often more expensive to be healthy in yep. our society the way that we have things set up right now. And, you know, food is so foundational to how we feel and you know, the nourishment and the intention that we're receiving food is so critical to our health. And so, you know, really, um, we feel really, you know, blessed that we were able to meet Dr. Seneff and she was able to educate us maybe six or seven years ago about glyphosate, the active ingredient in Roundup and how she finds that, you know, really with the advent of um, glyphosate being widely used in our food supply and how there's all of this, um, you know, strong correlation with the increase and rise of chronic illnesses that we're seeing. And so we know that this is one piece to the puzzle. And, you know, here we are, fast forward 2019, as we're recording this, and, you know, um, Bear, um, you know, who bought Monsanto is paying, you know, I think a hundred, a few hundred million dollars to somebody who um, was, um, who was determined to have gotten um, cancer because of glyphosate exposure. And so the the world is waking up, which I uh, really, you know, appreciate, but we, we still have a long way to go in some aspects. And so, um, Dr. Seneff, you know, um, really shared with us, you know, why glyphosate is so problematic for human health. And when Monsanto developed this, um, they said, oh, you know, it's not going to affect human health because how, you know, how glyphosate works is on this pathway called the shikimate pathway. And that, Essentially, uh, human cells don't have the shikimate pathway. They're not. It's not going to be disruptive. You know, it's going to be fine. And you know what, Dr. Seneff really educated us with is like, well, wait a second. Our our gut microbes, our gut microbiome, actually has the shikimate pathway, and glyphosate can be very disruptive to our gut microbiome. And um, you know, it was also patented as an antibiotic. And so, mm. um, you know, when we think about all the things that glyphosate does, it um, affects the shikimate pathway, which 
long story short on that one is it's going to decrease serotonin production in the gut, and which leads to melatonin um, deficiency um, because of that. It also being an antibiotic is going to just basically disrupt, you know, the balance of good bacteria and bad bacteria in our gut. So more, uh, quote, bad bacteria is going to overgrow and that's going to create more problems and symptoms and the feeling of being unwell. Um, you know, and it has, um, you know, the, the, it also affects the lining of our intestines. Probably people who have heard of this, um, you know, or listening to this have heard of a leaky gut. Mm-hmm. And so it can, um, you know, create more permeability in the gut lining and then we're able to, the things that should stay in the gut are actually, you know, getting um, into the bloodstream and, you know, creating a lot of more immune stimulation and activation and creating more um, allergies and, you know, just allowing for other things to get into the bloodstream that should stay in the gut. And so it has this, you know, really kind of wide range of, you know, effects. And so, um, you know, how you can avoid glyphosate, it's it's actually quite hard. So glyphosate is typically most, um, you know, it's most sprayed. So when I'm saying glyphosate, it's Roundup. So Roundup is... Um, most sprayed on genetically modified foods. So a lot of genetically modified foods are what we call Roundup Ready. I think it was like 1996 when this um, came to market. So, um, you know, things like uh, corn and soy and Mm. sugar beets. And then the other... um, piece of this is, um, you know, that glyphosate gets sprayed on wheat before it gets harvested. So this rise in gluten sensitivity and gluten intolerance is related to um, glyphosate exposure. And so we see, um, you know, these increases in food allergies and food sensitivities, I think, because of this chronic, you know, exposure. And remember, you know, in the U.S., we don't label genetically modified foods. So if you don't have, you know, if you're not choosing organic or, you know, a food that says like non-GMO, you absolutely could be um, being exposed uh, to a genetically modified food. And so, so we have a, you know, a lot, you know, and, and I get, you know, there's some probably, you know, I have to believe there's some intention that, you know, these herbicides and insecticides and pesticides are trying to, you know, make farmers' lives easier mm-hmm. and, you know, make their, you know, um, ability to, you know, have a living and all of that easier. But we've gone just so far from that and we're really, really disrupting the whole ecosystem and the planet. And, yeah. you know, these herbicides and insecticides get into the water system. And so even if you're choosing healthy organic foods, you still may be exposed. And that and that's what we're seeing. And that that's why we have to, you know, make these changes. It's so interesting to me because I have a friend who's a chef and I've had trouble myself with um, with any type of bread, wheat, gluten, what have you. And he, for some reason, I never ha- had an issue whenever um, I went to his restaurant. And he said, you, you don't have a gluten intolerance, Jeanette. He's like, I ship all of my spring water that I use for cooking and all of my wheats and flowers f- directly from Italy every single week. Mm. And I was like, oh, my mm-hmm. God. He's like, it's it's a chemical reaction that you're experiencing. Have you ever had a stomach ache after you've left my restaurant? And, you know, a year later, I ended up traveling throughout the Mediterranean um, and ate bread every day with no issue, um, walked everywhere, was comfortable to not have any um, discomfort or anything like that. And I was like, it's so unfortunate that we have to, um, we have very limited offerings and opportunities, especially this worries me with our children, because it's, you're, you're, a lot of times they're in situations where snacks are packaged and it's very, it's, everything's based on convenience and, and making them at volume. And when I, I, my past career, I was in finance and we actually, um, 
would help our clients purchase farms. And I remember speaking to Mm -hmm. a farmer at one point in time and I became eyes wide open to the fact that they're like, Jeanette, there's nothing truly organic, (laughs) like not Mm -hmm. in our Mm -hmm. world. And Mm -hmm. he was like, we have to use this stuff or we're going to go out of business. And by the way, the cereal that you eat also has timber fiber in it. Like he's like, Mm -hmm. this is Mm -hmm. just – the world that we live in in order for there to be industry. And I was like, that makes me so sad because I've known so many people with issues. And um, I think that's why so many are heading towards um, either eating fully organic or starting to grow their own, own gardens. And even then you have to be aware of, of where you're pulling things from. Um, but it's 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 been really fascinating. Have you seen a correlation between GMO and, and autoimmune? Or is that kind of a separate with autoimmune um, diseases and chronic illnesses? Is that kind of triggered more by stress, or is that also diet? Mm-hmm. And I just want to, you know, echo and confirm exactly what you're saying. I, I hear that story all the time. You know, with patients who don't tolerate gluten in the U.S., tolerate it in yes. Europe. So, you know, I, I just, you know, echo that. And I, I've actually had a handful of patients who have been in the agricultural industry and have gotten quite sick because of the neurotoxic exposure. And um, they, they say the same thing. You know, this organic label, you know, we, we're making ourselves feel good, but it's not probably to the extent that we all still want, you know, and that's why also, you know, connecting with farmers markets and things. And mm-hmm. so, but going back to, you know, your question, um, of course, I mean, I, I think of course this has an impact, you know, autoimmune illness is on the rise. Um, and autoimmunity is this idea of that our immune system is turning on itself. And, you know, as a naturopath, I, I sit back and I say, Hey, you know, the body's intelligent. I don't think it's that stupid that it would ever just turn on itself randomly. You you know, there has to be these triggers. And so what we what we found, especially in our office at Sophia in um, Seattle, is that we, you know, see that autoimmunity is typically an outcome of chronic stealth pathogens. So Lyme and co-infections, viral infections, even mold um, or parasitic infections mm-hmm. that can, um, this idea of molecular mimicry in the, um, in the body's um, attempt to, to clear a pathogen, it can create antibodies that actually um, tag, um, when you're trying to tag a bug, it's tagging similar um, structures that look close to, let's say, a thyroid gland. And so then, um, in, you know, again, oversimplifying this in the attempt to mount a response to Epstein-Barr virus, um, you know, we can also maybe see autoimmune thyroiditis or Hashimoto's um, in that process. And I think, you know, like you're saying, so it's not, we know about the pathogens. I mean, there's a huge textbook of autoimmunity and infection. This isn't a new idea. It's probably not popular, but it, it's it's a really common idea in um, alternative circles. And then, you know, we also see the same you know, immune system, you know, um, confusion, if you will, within the environmental um, exposure. So we don't not only look at herbicides and pesticides and insecticides, but we also look at heavy metals and, mm. you know, their impact on our on our bodies. And then there's this whole field of also persistent organic pollutants like phthalates and dioxins and parabens and, you know, all of those things in our environment. But yeah, I mean, I think glyphosate and herbicides um, really do have a huge impact and a huge connection with autoimmunity. 
um, you know, gluten sensitivity or celiac disease is an autoimmune illness. And so we know that there's a strong correlation with that, uh, that being on the rise with the advent of glyphosate. And then just um, with what I said, you know, um, one of the key components of having a healthy immune system is having a healthy functioning gut. And we know that these herbicides and insecticides have a, you know, huge impact in our gut microbiome and, you know, um, some, you know, microbes that get out of balance are um, related to autoimmune illnesses. Also having a leaky gut can impact, you know, the gut lining and can make it more permeable and, um, you know, can um, affect the immune system. So absolutely, I think this is absolutely one of the triggers. Um, and, and many people talk about this in, in our communities. And, you know, again, what, it's not this random event that all of these things are on the rise. You know, there, there's a reason. I'm curious, though, for, so for we sometimes become paralyzed with all of this information, right? We don't know how to, mm-hmm. how to grocery shop or like, what do I do? And then someone's like, oh, drink celery juice every day. And <laughs> here's a tea detox. And if you have macrobiotic, um, and so then you get caught up in these fad situations, right? Where you think that you're creating a healthy body or environment or, or advocating for yourself. Um if we could simplify it even more than that, like what would you recommend to someone who's like, I don't feel good. <laughs> I, I know that I want to live a healthy, long life. I, I want to avoid autoimmune. I want to. What are some of the first things that you could tell them to help kind of like, here are the first steps to, to making sure you're advocating for yourself when it comes to your health. I am so excited to finally announce what I am working on because it has been so hard not to talk about it. Today, Gold is brought to you by Live Media, and I couldn't be more thrilled. Live is an app that will launch Christmas 2019. I have partnered with a team previously of Disney Pixar who wants so deeply to use tech for good, and we're using tech for great. I have a special VIP experience built out and planned for my Gold listeners. You guys have been on this journey with me, so I can't wait to introduce you to my baby. Through mindfulness and accountability offerings, including meditation, breathwork, intentional living routines, challenges, and lifestyle coaching, Live will provide you with the tools, community, and support you need to live your very best life, leveling up in every aspect. Live meets you where you are and grows with you. Each week, your Live Lab will be curated with talks, articles, meditations, visualizations, challenges, and support to help you move your goals forward in 90-day increments. At the end of 90 days, we will celebrate your accomplishments with you before assisting in selecting those goals you'd like to include in the next 90. Available to you at all times is a phone or chat session with an accountability coach, a master coach, or through an email submission to Dear Live so that we can support you every step of the way. Live is your lifestyle and productivity concierge, a thoughtful guide and an intuitive coach to help you get out of your own way, to create, to pay it forward, because a healthy you today means a healthier world tomorrow. Gold listeners will receive a free 30-day VIP experience. That means access to all of the bells and whistles by using code GOLDVIP, all caps, at loveisviral.com. Again, that is loveisviral.com, code GOLDVIP, in all caps. Join the movement. What are some of the first things that you could tell them to help kind of like, here are the first steps to, to making sure you're advocating for yourself when it comes to your health? Yeah, you know, it's a good question, and I want to not make this, you know, complicated as you as you um, have shared. You know, of course, um, to really keep it simple, think clean air, clean food, clean water, right? Mm-hmm. So what can you do, you know, within your home environment to, um, you know, for clean air, what I'm talking about is um, some 
um, some people are, um, are exposed to mold in their home and mold can make you quite sick if it's, um, you know, related to water damage. And so air filtration and just having um, a good source of indoor air quality can impact your health. Um, water, you know, is really important. Getting a great water filter that's going to take the fluoride out of the water. I think the um, JAMA article about fluoride, they finally, you know, um, are looking at it in the conventional doctors, I think. What was the study? I think they um, looked at women um, who were pregnant and drank fluoridated water, and they um, saw um, a lowering of IQ in those um, children. And so we we know that this is something that has to stop. Um, so the water filtration, not only getting the fluoride out, but also you know the glyphosate out of the water, and also the um, um, you know other heavy metals, and you know we know pharmaceuticals end up in the water. So great water filtration. Um, no plug on this, but there's a Berkey water filter that I feel like uh, most people can wrap their brains around um, because you can, don't have to have this big install. It's just sits on your counter. You fill it up, and that takes out the fluoride and a lot of the things I just said. Um, and then, you know, clean, you know, food and, and the ways that you can mindfully source food. Um, and, you know, I, and I think diet is so important. I think obviously there's a place for therapeutic diets where people really, you know, maybe avoid food allergies or do the ketogenic or autoimmune paleo or what have you. Um, but, you know, I, I think what happens too um, is that we can get a little bit rigid and inflexible, mm -hmm. you know, with food and that can create more stress, right? And that can create, um, you know, just more tension in our bodies. And I've, I've spoken to some people who talk about it's not just about the food, but they've actually done studies that the feelings about your food and, you know, your feelings about eating certain things um, might be more, impactful than the food itself, which is a whole other, you know, way of looking at life and the body. But it, it is, I mean, the point I'm trying to um, create or make here is that there is this also flexibility, health is resilience and how do we remain uh, flexible and resilient to life? Because we're not going to, we're not in utopia. Here we are up against all these things. So how do we create a lifestyle where our, where our body can, you know, just handle this um, continual stress and we can live a lifestyle that um, we're, we're doing all these things and I'm happy to share more strategies, but to keep our bodies healthy in the face of a lot of, you know, stressors. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I appreciated about when I came to your, your platform is you you ha you provide a lot of education. And um, I really I appreciate that. I know that you've got a summit that you're actually getting ready to um, to launch. And you have some really impressive names <laughs> from the uh -huh. from the medical community who are coming together to try to um, to provide a new a new approach towards towards medicine and the way we look at our bodies. And you've talked about the environmental factors and um, could you tell us a little bit about the, the meta motivation behind the summit and, and what you're hoping to accomplish with the, this roster? Of, of yeah, doctors. yeah, no, thank you. And thanks for sharing this information. It's called the Body Electric Summit. And, you know, really the, the goal of the summit is really to have a conversation of a topic called biophysics. And so when we see a lot of patients who come to see us, you know, we, you know, we have a lot of tools and there's a lot of awareness on biochemistry. So that's going to be the naturopathic doctors and the functional medicine doctors and all the herbs and nutrients and supplements and IVs and all the things that we can do to really help to support your immune system and detoxify your body and Shift your biochemistry. I feel like we're we're quite good at that, um, but there's this whole other field of what we call biophysics, and biophysics is all about 
energy, frequency, vibration, and how our body actually communicates with all of the things I just shared, and that we actually have this electromagnetic field that's generated in and around our body. And we know that our heart has a strong electromagnetic field. Conventional medicine uses the EKG to measure that. We know that our brain waves um, can be measured by, you know, conventional um, medicine uses an EEG. And so it's this idea that this organized, what we would call biofield of energy that surrounds us, you know, might not just be this afterthought, but might be the thing that actually regulates and instructs and is almost a blueprint for our physical body. So us not engaging and acknowledging that part of the physical body is kind of missing one of the most key pieces to health. And so my my desire for this conversation is to really, you know, I, I've been doing this for nine years and you know, I see patients for a number of years and I, I, while they get better throughout the time, I, I want them to get better faster and I want them to get better and back into their life more quickly. And so the tools I believe on the bio in the, that are biophysics in nature, that they really can have the potential to amplify and accelerate the healing process in, you know, in speeding healing up. And so we have this wonderful conversation with a number of experts um, you know, who talk about these concepts and talk about, you know, the stresses of things like EMF and how that affects our electromagnetic, you know, energy, um, things that we can do. All of us today, we can go ground and put our feet in the contact with the earth and how that mm -hmm. has a powerful effect on the body. And then if you're struggling, there's this whole other toolkit of things um, like um, EFT that can help with trauma and past traumas and to help to restore um, our emotional health. Um, there's also different modalities from using tuning forks to frequency specific microcurrent to um, to biomagnetism, to color therapy. So there's just this whole other toolkit that I want to expose people to. So um, again, if you're stuck out there, if you've tried it, you think you've tried everything, you know, see what resonates and see if any of these conversations um, could allow you to d dive deeper and find, pe find people in your or practitioners in your community that could support you on these levels. So it, it was a lot of fun to put together, Jeanette, and I, I really, you know, enjoyed um, enjoyed the conversations. And it, it's really kind of propelling me, you know, there's this idea of you teach what you want to learn, right? You mm -hmm. know, and so there's this idea of, um, you know, my, what part of my desire to do this was also to kind of immerse myself in these um, conversations so I can start, you know, we, we do a lot of this already at Sophia, but just immerse myself even more into these um, concepts and tools and therapeutics so I can bring them into my practice um, more quickly and readily. I love that. And that's, and that's typically how I find guests for my show. It's what am I interested in? What do I want to know about? So, because yeah, yeah. I feel like if I want to know about it, other people want to know about it and I can nerd out and I can be very spiritual. Um, but it's, it's interesting to me because I had a client um, when I was in, in, in finance and she um, had been diagnosed with breast cancer and she had a lot of doctors around her and access. And she said, no, thank you. And she created her own team and that team was I mean she completely changed her diet she did have to have um she did have to have surgery but she did not move forward with chemo and radiation and I know that that's not the answer for a lot of people but for her she said I created a team of about five or six people around me and she's like I did not need radiation I am in remission I um but she's like I became the captain of my own ship Right. Mm -hmm. I I studied the things that made sense to me because um, she had a family member who had um, done chemo and then and then passed away from complications in relation to uh, later on. And 
I was I was impressed by that because of the courage that that took um, for her to say, okay, I'm going to figure this out and I'm, I'm going to have that, that power over, over this team. And I love, you know, with you creating this summit of individuals who come from different backgrounds. And I think that that's where medicine and psychology and anything that has to do with us as a whole human being has to get to at some point in time where everything's far more, um, uh, relational between practitioners and they understand you know the kind of the complexities of our systems and how they work together so I congratulate you for for putting that together I knew it had to be a labor labor of love um oh yeah no thank you it was a lot of fun and you know with um I have a 14 month old um right now and so you know I'm you know, it was, um, it was of course a challenge, but it was also, you know, just spending um, a little bit more time, you know, doing education where I can just pop up into my home office and, you know, do these recordings. And, you know, it was just, yeah, just a lot of fun. And I, I hope people, um, you know, just get inspired with the information that's out there. Absolutely. Speaking of a, a little one, I was thinking about that, you know, knowing that you have um, a small child and, you know, being aware of this, this world. Um, and I know when I became a mom, it's kind of funny because you want to protect them in so many ways. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's like my daughter loves sugar and candy. And if it ha- if it has red dye and blue dye, she's even happier. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, I have those moments where I'm like, oh, I want to protect. Um, and it's it's hard. So I'm curious for you, be- being in the field that you are, um, how do you how do you look at um, kind of taking care of your child and what um, you want to instill as far as health and, and, and growth? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know it's such a good question. And, you know, with chronic diseases on the rise in our children and, you know, the you know rates of autism just climbing every two years, you know, this is really important. You know, our children are our future. And if their health is declining, we just all really need to wake up. And, mm-hmm. you know, Anne-Marie is 14 months right now and, you know, she's blessed with health. And, you know, I, I, I'm extremely grateful. And, you know, I, I also, when you know all this stuff, there's this idea like you, you can't play God, right. You know, and I, I don't even pretend that I can. Right. So I know that there's, you know, life is complex, right. And you can know all the things. And sometimes, you know, you go through health challenges and it doesn't mean that you're, you didn't, didn't get it right. Or you're a bad person or you're not connected. You know, it's just, we all have our journey. Right. And so I, you know, I, I feel like, you know, definitely with her, you know, I definitely am still nursing, you know, so, um, you know, breastfeeding, I think is really important, you know, just to help, you know, get the microbiome, you know, Dr. Um, Kiran Krishnan, who's a, he's a researcher and he developed a product called Megaspore that we use a ton. It's a probiotic. And, you know, he really educated us about, you know, really the set point, you know, our microbiome, like the, the bugs that really are going to want to stay in our gut and to thrive, you know, you know that set point you know, really gets kind of um, programmed from conception to age two. So it's like this kind of critical time to really, you know, set, um, you know, our guts up for healing and health. And so, you know, breastfeeding and then, you know, just exposing her to a ton of foods. And so, you know, when I was in naturopathic school, um, it was the opposite. You were to, uh, you know, refrain from dairy and gluten and all the food allergies until age two. Mm -hmm. And now, you know, they're saying, okay, you know, expose, expose, expose. And, you know, and, and that, you know, on some level makes more sense to me because we're trying to build up this whole um, arsenal of immune tolerance where, you know, mm-hmm. our, our children can be more resilient with the environment, right? So we're, we're not to keep them in this, you know, utopia of perfection and just then bring them out into the world and hope that they can, 
you know, you know, survive, right? You know, so it's like that idea of getting their hands in the dirt and really getting them, you know, um, within, you know, um, within the environment and, um, you know, exploring. And they naturally want to do that, right? They're putting mm-hmm. everything in their mouth. They're, you know, they're so curious. And, you know, I think, you know, we, you know, in some circles, you know, this idea of like sanitizing everything and, you know, getting rid of every germ and, you know, trying to, you know, um, you know, do all of these things are not, you know, working out in our favor. You know, we still see this increase in allergies and asthma and, mm-hmm. you know, so forth. And so, so yeah, I, I try to have, you know, really more, you know, um, you know, just like a mind being really mindful, but also not being too restrictive or too, uh, rigid. And then, you know, she, um, she drinks goat milk as well to, um, now. And I, you know, I'm putting little supplements in her goat milk. So she gets cod liver oil and sometimes vitamin D and sometimes, you know, drainage remedies, depending on what, you know, I'm feeling like she needs. And so, you know, so, you know, it's just kind of finding that interplay of like, okay, how do I support her? Um, and then how do I also not be, you know, this, you know, crazy health nut of a mom, you know, so, you know, so it's, it's just this balance. And, you know, at the end of the day too, I know you probably know this, of course, being a mom, it's like, there's just this whole other energy that I think is so important for um, raising children of just, you know, being present and mm-hmm. love and being connected and, you know, just stopping. And, you know, she's definitely, um, I've been a bit of a workaholic in my life and she's definitely, um, you know, helped me to change that and, you know, to just, you know, really understand that time is precious and, you know, really, um, I know she's not going to be little forever. So, you know, the time that I do get to spend with her, you know, I, I really, you know, and I'm of course not perfect, but just honest, you know, honoring that time and, you know, being present and just having fun. Right. Yeah. No, I appreciate that. My daughter was very colicky when she was little and I was so conscientious about her food for the longest time. And I remember even like buying her a book and I was, I was figuring out ways to mince vegetables so that she wouldn't know and she hated everything (laughs) I'd be like I spent five hours making this organic (laughs) finally I was like all right I give up like I'm I'm gonna do the best that I can and just be a really great mom and make the best choices I can um I wanted to pivot and ask you some questions that I ask everyone especially with the conversation we just had about you know your daughter and recognizing that time is precious um but if you were to look back over the course of your life um at a younger version of yourself um what age pops into to mind and what advice would you give to her? Mm, such a great question and, you know, such a reflective question as I'm raising a daughter. And, you know, I probably, you know, see myself as a, a teenager, right? And, um, you know, I, I felt like, you know, during that time, you know, I grew up on the East Coast and now I live in Seattle and I, I had lovely friends and, you know, I grew up with a lot of community and things, but, you know, I kind of felt a little bit of a fish out of water with some of my ideas that I was, you know, really wanting to explore and not always feeling quite um, settled or at home. And I, I think, you know, and, and maybe it's just part of growing up, but it's like, you know, how to just... Um, really t- stay true, you know, to your heart and to really follow it and not to second guess it so much. There was a time in my life where I probably second guess myself a little too much. And, you know, although I know that was part of my path and, you know, all those experiences led me to where I am today, you know, I just really, you know, want Anne-Marie um, to just have the support and just to, um, to know and trust her inner guidance, you know, what, wherever that may lead. Um, and to just, you know, just trust that inner knowing. Cause I, I think the society sometimes is set up for us to 
think we have to live away rather than kind of what our heart is telling us and kind of find that balance. I love that. And I think with my daughter is really interesting because I have noticed I'm trying to help her build that compass, that kind of moral internal knowingness. And so a lot of times I'll ask her, um, what does your heart say? Or how do you Mm. feel about that? Because I, yeah, I want her to start ruminating and putting words around like "Mm, that doesn't feel good to me or I do like that or that makes me happy um Mm -hmm. so that she can start building that and trusting it and knowing that it's there for her rather than just to be told you know this is the way things are um I kind of feel like I'm her life concierge (laughs) like I was put on this earth to be like and this is an apple and these are what Mm -hmm. friends are and Mm -hmm. you know help her kind of just I'll, I know that she's going to be okay when I'm not around, um, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. she has that that ability. So I think I thank you for that. I think that that helped. That was reflective for me too. So um, that was beautiful. If you were to be heading off, um, it was your time, and you wanted to leave behind a last gold nugget of wisdom or inspiration for the next generation. Um, something that you kind of stood for or believed in that you felt the world needed um, left. What would it be? Oh, gosh, what a beautiful and hard question all at the same time. I mean, I think it's all wrapped up in, you know, time is precious, you know, and, you know, we all are on this planet for such a short amount of time in retrospect, right? And to, you know, some so many people struggle with actually living the life or believing in the life that they can live. And I, I really, you know, I, I, I feel like we're all deserving and, you know, it's kind of our path on the planet to to tap tap into that and to really lead the life that we want to live and so you know that interconnected with you know of course you know when I I have the front seat of seeing the patients that I do you know I'm worried I mean I I am an optimist and I I am completely you know believe in a greater future but I am worried with the trajectory that our health and our freedom and all of these things are going into our country and it's just how do we how do we continue to wake up and stand for, um, you know, just being in charge of our bodies and also um, knowing that our health is completely interconnected with the health of the planet. And so when we put, you know, um, a load of pesticides in, you know, the Mississippi River, you know, people get cancer downstream. And how do we, you know, see these interconnections and, you know, really return to the earth and to the earth's wisdom to really, um, to learn, you know, what, what's next and how, how we can really recover from all the things that we, we have done. Oh, I love that. I've had multiple moments in the past couple of months where I'm like, where could I live? Yeah. <laughs> where, I where would I go where it's a little bit, you know, more pure? And um, I think sometimes in the advent of structure and um, uh, and convenience and um, I think of the industrial revolution and how things were put into place and so many of the structures and so many of things that have been done um, even if you look at technology and the people who have built so many of these amazing social media structures and um, systems they originally were done for the purpose of creating some kind of um, structure or um, guidance and sometimes I don't think we knew what we were doing and and experiencing the fallout and I think that that's that's a hard lesson and unfortunately um generation by generation is having to clean up after so hopefully the one thing that I will say is I'm really impressed with 
Gen Z that's coming up. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. They are the most globally aware generation. They've never known a time without technology. A lot of people are like, oh, these kids. And I'm like, no, they don't think Mm -hmm. like you or I do. Like by the time they're ready to vote, they already have an an opinion. Um, Mm -hmm. And they know Mm -hmm. about what's going on in other other civilizations. So I do take heart in that. Um, And there's a ton of research that's been done in – both higher ed and the finance community to be like, what's our world going to look like when uh, millennials and Gen Z are in positions of power? And I'm, I'm hopeful for that. Um, mm-hmm. But I want to I want to thank you so much for coming on my show. If people want to connect with you, if they want to check out the summit or find you on social, where can they find you? Oh, well, thank you. And I, I, I think that's such a story of hope. And I always say, like, Anne-Marie chose to come at this time, so mm. she knows what she's got into, you know, so yep. it gives us hope for the future, right? Um, so I have a website, drchristineschaffner.com, and I have a podcast as well. And, you know, a lot of what I'm doing is um, on that site. And then um, we have a clinic outside of uh, Seattle, Washington, called Sophia Health Institute. And that's where we have a just a beautiful team of wonderful doctors and practitioners and um, you know, if you're so struggling out there, you know, we have a lot of tools to help you. So that's SophiaHI.com. I was looking over your site and I was like, wow, she has a lot of information. This is, it's a wealth of information for people who are searching. So um, I was very impressed and I just want to thank you for sharing your gold with us and being willing to, to educate. Oh, well, thank you so much for having me. This was a lot of fun. Thank you so much for joining me today. I love Dr. Schaffner's simple steps to advocate for your health by starting with your environment at home through clean air, clean food, and clean water. You can find more information on the Body Electric Summit at bodyelectricsummit.com. Find Dr. Schaffner on her website, drchristineschaffner.com. Her podcast is The Spectrum of Health with Dr. Christine Schaffner, or you can follow her on Instagram at drschaffner. Gold listeners, please don't forget to sign up for your 30-day Live VIP experience at loveisviral.com, code GOLDVIP in all caps. As always, please subscribe to this podcast, leave a review, and don't forget to share with your friends. Get deep in the work with me to uncover your messaging before you pass it on to your children or the people you influence. Pick up my new book, Laura Harnessing Your Past to Create Your Future, available on Amazon or barnesandnoble.com. Until next time, in the words of my grandma, love each other every day.